Welcome to the Real Life Fitness Stories podcast. I'm your host, Scott Roberts. Stick around for inspiring real-life stories of incredible resilience and achievement. Thank you for listening. Let's be inspired. Hey everyone, welcome to another really exciting episode of Real Life Fitness Stories. We have another incredible guest for you today, slightly different to the first round of guests we've had. Um, I'm going to describe him as an absolute machine. Um, we've got <laughs> the machine, Chris Grenfell. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. So we just had a quick chat. We we're going to talk about what we're what we're going to kind of bring up. I didn't actually mention I was going to describe him as a machine. Um, <laughs> but Chris, if you just want to give the listeners a very quick introduction into yourself, who you are, what you do, and then I'll talk about what what we're going to talk about. Um, okay. Yeah. Hello. I'm Chris. Um, been living on the coast, Costa del Sol, for over thirty years. Um, my Basic background is a is a builder um, and sort of fitness enthusiast, which has grown and grown and grown to um, involve me in my own gym and and then subsequently triathlon, Ironman, and then a whole list of some unusual challenges, perhaps. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to list those unusual challenges in a minute. Just. Let's go back to the start quickly. You said you're like a fitness enthusiast. Where did that start? Um, well, I've always been involved with sport, um, right, as a youngster at school. Um, probably my biggest um, in, biggest starter was, was boxing, um, just in my school years. I started about 12, 13 um, that was something that I got heavily involved in, really enjoyed and, and committed to. And it's one of the things I always regard as a, a good grounding to as far as discipline, um, real commitment, because if you're not committed and you're not disciplined, you get hurt, <laughs> yeah. um, basically. Um, and then out on the coast, um, the rugby uh, both my sons played at Marbella Rugby. I played a little bit. Uh, I think it was just a one season with the seniors and then quite a lot of sort of fun veterans tournaments, um, which involved uh, rugby and beer. <laughs> I was going to say, probably more drinking than rugby. Yeah, yeah. I used to say to people, I'm not getting on there sober. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, it's not a bad approach, to be honest. So I'm going to, so Chris basically very kindly just listed a lot of the challenges that he's done. Um, he's done two big ones this year. I wasn't expecting the list to be so long. So bear with me a minute. So very recently, um, basically completed a half Ironman, Ironman consecutively for seven days. Um, he then went on a 24-hour non-stop triathlon. So just... A, just explain that one to us quickly, please. Yeah, the, the, that was the most recent one, uh, beginning of this month. Um, so that was a for a, a charity based further up the coast, but it's, it's, it's pretty much all over Spain, and it's very um, relevant to perhaps the UK as well with uh, motor neuron disease, MND, 
most people probably would have heard of um, Kevin Sinfield and his sort of challenges he's done for Rob Burrows, the rugby league player. Um, so that that's the charity in the sense it's um, uh, it translates to Ella uh, in in Spanish, but it's basically motor neuron disease. But the, the challenge itself was um, it was a 24 hours, and many many people um, part, took part. Not not everybody for the for the whole 24 people came and went. People had obviously jobs to do. Um, so they committed a 12 hours, a two hours with run, swim, bike. There was CrossFit going on. There was all sorts of things. Um, there was a few that actually swam 24 hours, um, oh, which really? I really take my yeah yeah I take my hat off to them because we started at eight in the evening on the Friday evening, the fourth. And the swim was horrendous. I mean, the swim's not my strength uh, as far as triathlon's concerned anyway. Um, but it was my worst. There was a hor horrendous tide, quite quite choppy, rough um, wind. And then, the, you know, obviously daylight was disappearing. <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was relieved to get out of the water. Um, but we continued then uh, throughout the night and early into the morning doing a full Ironman distance. Um, and then as we finished that, we, we obviously quit quickly um, sort of uh, re, uh, rehydrated and, and filled our bellies a little bit. Um, and then we, we, we were, were planning on going for a half Ironman distance afterwards, but because it, the nature of the day, uh, everything took a bit longer um to go through so we did olympic distance uh, after that but basically yeah we were swim bike and running for for 24 hours Righty, okay so alongside that um another half iron man a full distance iron man um a 20 kilometer walk which for anyone listening is more or less at a half marathon distance uh 20 20 kilometer walk with a 45 kilo lorry tire was you carrying that yeah, I did. Um, obviously, I couldn't. You you couldn't um, just carry it by hand. So I actually made um, some sort of straps that went across my shoulders, and then I had it on hand grips as well. But the entire weight was was upon me. <laughs> um, I've still got that tire actually, and I, I use it within the gym itself. Okay, um, I imagine it's not hung up on the wall, is it? Pardon? It's not hung up on the wall in a frame, that is. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned boxing, 150 rounds, 10 hours non-stop of boxing, um, to Ultra Ironman. Uh, just to expand on what an Ultra Ironman is. Um, well, pretty much anything over um, the Ironman distance. Um, and these were both quite a long way over. One we did over three days, um, so we swam one day, uh, cycled the next, and run the third. And then the following year, we did the same sort of route, but we did it over 24 hours um, and a slightly less distance. But nevertheless, it was um, the first year was 15 kilometers of swimming on the Friday. Uh, 200 kilometers of um, cycling 
from Marbella to Granada um, uh, again through the night and uh, then immediately followed by a 50-kilometer race up to Picavaleta at the very top of the ski village in Granada. Yeah, so for again, for people that don't know, maybe in the UK or, or well, worldwide now, hopefully with this podcast. So Granada and Sierra Nevada are bas- basically inland from Marbella, about two hours. Sierra Nevada is um, a ski resort. So, and I think, so that was 3,400 metres above sea level where you finished. Yes, yeah. It's actually, um, it's the highest tarmac road in Europe. Um, although obviously it breaks up when you get to the very top um, due to obviously the conditions it faces. But um, yeah, the both of those those events finished with that 50k run um, to the very top. Uh, so you're facing a bit of altitude problems as well as, as you're uh, finishing your, your day. So that's, well, that's basically finishing at altitude up steep hills with a distance that is longer than a marathon. Yeah. After just doing, especially with the 24 hours, after just doing, that was a, on the 24 hours, we swam five kilometers. Um, again, we cycled 200, it might have been 200 plus, um, and then the 50. Yeah. You're, you're embarrassing me here because in February, in February, I did the Seville Marathon. It was my first ever marathon. And part of the reason I chose it was because it's the flattest marathon in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so I really took the easy way out there. Well, I, I, to a degree, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you another little one. I, I Many years ago, I, I did my first marathon in back in my hometown of Eastbourne. And I chose it because it was over the South Downs and I thought it would be softer on my knees because at that time, my knees were giving me uh, a little bit of grief. However, many years, we're looking at about 13 years later, um, I my knees give me no trouble. And considering we did the seven days and all that I've done this year, um, they uh, they really don't give me any trouble. And I put that down to keeping them moving, um, keeping them strong, cycling is very good for them, um, and and just remaining active. So yeah, because if, it more often than not, when you stop is when you start to tighten up and suddenly feel all the injuries. But, absolutely, yeah. The, the, the more I do, the the, the better I, I feel, you know. And and you probably know yourself, you know, when you sort of stagnate for whatever reason even if it's just a holiday or it's an illness or an injury, you tend to stiffen up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't tend to rest too much. I rest sensibly as much as <laughs> the wife wouldn't agree with that statement. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, I, try, I do try and keep it under some kind of control. So the final challenge I'm going to mention, probably the first one we're going to go a bit deeper into, um, another 20-kilometre walk, um, but this time you had a 35-kilometre fridge on your back. Um, Talk us through it. How did that even come about? Yeah, both of these, the the tyre and the fridge were for, it was organised by a local um, bar uh, raising money for, for, for a cancer charity. Um, 
and I, I think the first year I did it, it was a walk. The, the basic, the, it was a charity walk. And I felt embarrassed to try and raise money or ask anybody, you know, to, to give me money for walking after, you know, when you've sort of done quite a few triathlons and Ironman, it, it, it didn't seem right. So the first year I ran it, the next year I did the tyre, and then I thought I'll up it a bit and, um, and stuck a fridge on my back. Uh, again, I made my own contraption, which probably wasn't the best, to be honest, um, to sort of hold it there, um, which, yeah, I, I did suffer a little bit afterwards. I had some sort of nervy issues, but they've all faded since. Um, so, and it, it, <clears throat> so, pardon me. It was quite entertaining to see people's, um, well, pick, you know, see their faces looking at the man with the fridge, you know. And at, at, at times I was jogging along the beach um, <laughs> with this thing. Um, so that was quite amusing. So just was it like one of the tall, thin fridges or just to, what kind of shape was it? Because Yeah, when... it was it was that sort of under your under your worktop fridge. Right. Um, so, yeah, that probably about half the size of what you would picture a, a, a tall fridge being. Basically, what would go underneath your your worktop. Yeah. So, explain the contraption to us. Um, yeah, I actually sort of converted a trolley, um, so obviously I could move it around and get it to the start point easier. Um, and then with some, I think I had a. A backpack like they strapped that around it as well and then added some strapping and then put um like a car seat cushion at the back of it i kept on i was walking around my own house as practice runs to see how how comfortably i could get it um without adding weight um and adding strength to the actual straps which were pretty dumb <laughs> as well as my shoulders by the by the end um but uh, yeah, it, we it, it achieved the goal. It, it's about raising money, um, and again, I just like um, perhaps I just like a challenge. Yeah, because where's the motivation come from with all this? Because part of this podcast, we've had people talking about their past. A lot of it has been struggles with illness, injury, trauma. Obviously, this podcast is a little bit different. You're you're achieving stuff that a lot of people listening to this would think, well, one, you're a little bit crazy. <laughs> Two, it's unachievable. But what I kind of want people to take away from this is you can achieve anything you want. Like it, if you give yourself the time, if you're consistent with it, like obviously I, I'm doing another marathon in Malaga. So I'm talking to people about the running. I'm talking to people about running a marathon. And a lot of people will say to me, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I can't do a marathon. And I'm kind of like, well, you can. Literally anyone can. If someone started right now today, they could do the London Marathon next year with no problems. So your mindset, where's the motivation come from with all this? Um, yeah, I think, again, partly from what you, you, you've you already said, which I agree, if you put your mind to it, and, and I, I do try to encourage people um, within within my own gym and, and just in general to believe in themselves, my 
my my biggest motivation came from completing the first Ironman, um, because in one sense it's a massive achievement that you you sort of fear the failure um, of not being able to finish it, and then secondly, um, quite a few people sort of remarked to me how inspiring I was. And I'd never, ever thought of myself as being an inspiration to anybody. Um, so that sort of blew me away a little bit, and it still does, um, because it's just it was the last thought that ever w crossed my mind, you know, going back a few years. So part of the drive for me is, is to inspire others, to, to believe that, yeah, look, okay, you don't have to do what I'm doing. I, I, I agree it's a little bit sort of nuts and it's a little bit extreme. But if you want to join a 5K race somewhere or a 10K, a half marathon, a cycles, anything, just start small. Give yourself a challenge because it's so rewarding when you finished it. And even if you did fail, you'll be further forward than you ever were by sitting in the, in the armchair, you know? Um, and then probably my, uh, the other motivation is some of the charities and some of the people that I've tried to sort of help. <clears throat> One of them being, um, a local girl going back a few years for the, I think it was the second, what I called big, <clears throat> pardon me, um, big challenge that we did, <clears throat> pardon um, a, a, a local girl called Sarah Almagro, um, she got sepsis, we're keeping the story short, but basically at age 18, um, in order to save her life, uh, the doctors or surgeons had to cut all four limbs from her, two arms and two legs, aged 18. And... Um, I was working away, um, working out with a friend of mine just on a Saturday morning, the two of us. And he was telling me this story. It had just happened. And he had some roundabout connection with this girl. And I was just blown away because I thought, well, at the time, my two boys were of similar age, uh, perfectly healthy. And you're thinking, wow, how does that happen and happen so quickly? You know, she was a very young, fit girl, played a lot of tennis, played all sorts of sports. Um, and then suddenly she's without limbs and fighting for her life. Uh, again, to cut the story short, now she's, I think she's European. She might even be world champion uh, at para surfing. Um, she, she, and she's a huge inspiration, massive. Um, because she's just got on with it and it's it's it blows me away because if I'm having a bad day I try and reflect on on what her day-to-day -day life uh, is like and what she's battled through um, so yeah that's um, probably that that's the two inspirations um, it is just trying to help some other people if they're in a bit of a spot we've done quite well charity wise with with um, funds um various amounts that we we've raised or helped raise with others um so yeah 
I hope that answers the question. No, 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 it does. When you complete these challenges, it, do, you, do you feel that satisfaction at the end? Or are you someone that's like, okay, I've done this, now we're on to the next? Are you maybe self-critical? Like, do you get that satisfaction at the end and you think, you know what, we've done a good job there and, and we can move on? Um, yeah, uh, definitely. You feel um, it, it's both. You feel the sense of achievement once you've completed your, your, your challenge, because there's always uh, <clears throat> the, the, the fear of failure in, in, in your mind that you might not get there for whatever reason. Um, and I do like to make them hard. I do like the, the challenge to be not something that you can just think about and think, all right, yeah, I'll give that a go because that'd be that'd be tough but doable. I like it to be tough but not guaranteed, you know, um, so that it really is uh, it really is a challenge. Um, and then the reward, um, yeah, it, it's massive because it's just a feel good feeling that you've, you've helped various people, a single person, whatever it may be. Um, and because it's at the top of my mind, when we did this this month early, the 24-hour, um, as myself and Jansen Riley, um, he's, he's been my sort of um, uh, um, mucker or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, he, he's tagged along with me um, on a lot of these challenges, um, uh, including the 7-7. Seven, seven, the, the Does he want to seven. be there or are you just dragging him along? <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, yeah, we're as bad as each other. Um, and then probably I just bully it into doing, you know, um, one version or the, the, I wouldn't say tougher version, but... Um, something we can add a bit of credit to, you know, to patch to us, to ourselves, selfishly. Um, but getting back to uh, the 24-hour, the most recent one, uh, just after we'd finished, um, they had a, obviously a music system and a speaker system, and they were announcing various uh, people and what they'd done for the day, and they announced myself and Jansen had finished the 24 hours non stop. And then we were introduced to um, <clears throat> four people in, in wheelchairs, which I didn't realize were there at, at the time. There was quite a few people stood around, everybody was finishing at a, a central point. And we, I'm, and I'm stinking by then, I'm covered in sweat, you know, um, and not, not feeling my best. And we had to politely sort of handshake and kiss um, the people and acknowledge um, their, their thanks towards us and, and vice versa. But as I bent down uh, to sort of kiss on the cheek the ladies, and it was two, two female and two male. Um, and then I realized I took the arm in order to take the hand to shake because they had no strength. There was no muscle there. Um, they were, it, it was dreadful. And, and the, the, there was one young girl who I would say was under, tw under 20. It was difficult to say other than that. She, she could have been, 
16, 17, 18, you know, uh, uh, 1920, somewhere around there. But that shocked me and it blew me away a bit. And I don't get <laughs> the, the, the wife sort of scratches her head with this, you know, I don't get very emotional. Um, and I, I, I felt a bit, I had to walk away amongst the crowd and pull myself together because I was, yeah, I'd, I'd gone. Uh, my legs went to jelly. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just upsetting. Um, and at the same token, I sort of thought, well, that's exactly what we did it for. You know, uh, we raised awareness. We were part of a huge team of people um, on the day. And it was, it was very rewarding to be part of that. Um, and it brings all that suffering of that whole day uh, going throughout the night. Um, Jansen veered across the road twice um, because he fell asleep on his bike. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so we, we called in for... Uh, I'd stopped because he'd fallen back behind me for a, um, a little bit. And uh, I just wanted to stop, make sure he was okay. And he was a bit nervous because he said every time he put himself into his tri bars um to sort of fly along a little bit better um he'd nod off uh and he'd just go within a second and he, he happened to have woken up and and recovered thankfully the road was very very quiet um and there was no no real issues but we met, went to the nearest petrol station and then sort of loaded up on a can of red bull um anything to try and you know spark the system back into life you know um but again those those struggles are what you put yourself through in, in order for again for people that can't and people that are in a worse state than than you um well that, you're kind of leading me to my next question which we'll get to in a minute because i think it's important to highlight the struggles um because people listening can relate to it whatever they're struggling with at the moment they, they can relate to the struggles rather than maybe the highs of achieving stuff that they maybe think thought they can't achieve. But just going back to when you met those four people in, a, in the wheelchair, everyone can kind of understand the physical fatigue you go through doing something like that, but they maybe don't realize the mental fatigue. So you are mentally exhausted. You're in a highly emotional state and then you've got to meet these people as well. And you're kind of already you're a broken man by then aren't you and and then you get introduced to people that are obviously much worse off than you and probably quite inspiring in their own way yeah it was um yeah i haven't experienced that feeling i'd say almost ever um uh, and i i presume it was a combination of of finishing the day um you know which obviously was a was a tough day there were many things about it um which were quite enduring um and quite a struggle we, we kept on going and it was a relief to finish but then the introduction and to see so close at hand and I, it was the shock really of the young girl i think that was what really blew me um and my sort of awkwardness of having to take this chaps because I, I was it was indicated by somebody that you know 
but it was almost too late. It was indicated that he can't shake your hand. Um, and I did my best to grasp his arm, you know, and, 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 and make that, make that gesture. Um, but yeah, it was, that, that was very emotionally charged. I, I, I <laughs> definitely, so, um, just one other thing before I want to touch on, you mentioned like the fear of failing. Now it's obvious that fear of failure is something that spurs you on. Um, there may be many people listening to this. It, it's that fear of failing that is putting people off starting something. It's also something that can lead people to find a way out, self-sabotage. So I work in weight loss. And if someone comes to me with 20 years of struggling with their weight, it obviously brings up a lot of emotions um, and a lot of their past struggles. So I see people kind of trying to find a way out because they're scared of actually succeeding or they're scared of failing at some point. So the sooner they fail, they can go back to that comfort zone of kind of being being where they were. So where does that where does that drive of kind of embracing failure come from? Um, good question. I hope I can answer it for you. Um, yeah, I don't know where it particularly comes from. Um, I think perhaps I remember when I was training for the first Ironman, um, everything I did leading up to it, including a couple of half marathons and, and marathon, I had some obviously injury issues and things, but I, I had to sort of made myself finish whatever I was doing because I didn't want a mental scar that would all, that would sort of play in the back of my mind at possibly a later date. Um, so I would force myself to sort of, you know, go the extra mile or, or dig deeper than, than you ever have done. Um, but at the same token, if, if the failure comes and you've done your absolute utmost, then I, for one, would, would uh, not have an issue with that. Um, it's a learning experience as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because definitely you can't, you you cannot do, and you certainly can't do the sort of challenges that I, I I've done and the likes of Iron Man. Um, you can't do it without failing somewhere along the line, and having to deal with it. And it's it's that journey that is probably bigger than the the day itself. You know, um, I've only reflected on that after completing, say, the first Iron Man. Um, because I overtrained for 12 months, I made my wife's life a misery, probably made my own life a bit of a misery, to be fair, um, because you, you just overdid it. Um, and I, I overtrained and the wife just saw, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm over the hill, you know. Um, she, she would say, you know, first one and last one. Um, thankfully, obviously, we, we you know, you, you get things... Uh, you, you realise then the bal you've got to balance life. Um, so I went on, obviously, to do do a few more. Um, and, and again, you learn. I learned that I, I overcooked it. I overtrained. Um, but that's 
you know, perhaps that's a failure in, in itself, but and I've learned greatly from it, you know. Um, so there's, there's, yeah, there's many, many aspects to, to um, the events and to sport and to achievement, whether it's, a, like you say, a 5K run or a full marathon. Um, but I, I do try and encourage everybody, just find yourself a challenge and make it, don't, certainly don't pick an Ironman and don't pick <laughs> beyond yourself, you know, uh, build up to the all of these things with small challenges that you can cross off that lead you to the bigger one, you know, um, and give yourself time. But be be consistent. Consistency is uh, the name of the game yeah. as far as uh, training yourself to whatever the challenge you, you want to take. I think, like, put it in its simplest form and, and you'll have experienced this. So I basically go for a long run every Saturday morning. Some of them Saturday mornings feel like the easiest run you've ever done. And some of the runs feel like you're you're using someone else's legs, like <laughs> you've never run before in your life. Yep. When you're working towards something, those tough, bad runs can be quite demoralizing because you think, shit, I'm, I'm not going to achieve this. I'm going backwards. But you've to be cheesy about it, there's always another run around the corner. There's always another opportunity to put it right. And it's just life that more often than not, it's the run after the bad run that always feels the easiest. Yeah, I'd, I'd also say that um, get the bad run done, you know, um, just accept it. You can't have a good day every day. You know, one day it rains, the next day the sun shines. It's life's like that. Um, so when you're having that not feeling great and it's a struggle, Get it done, nevertheless. Accept that it's slower. Accept that it's um, it, it was a struggle, because that will be in in your tank. Come the big day, if anything goes wrong, if you have a bit of a struggle, or you don't take your nutrition, or you've forgotten something, you can think, "Bang about! I've already done this. I've had a bad day before. I've, you know, so you've learned. You, you you've grown and you've learned." Um, if we just go out on, on a good day, then when it, let's say it rains on your event day, you know, or you didn't realize there were so many hills on your event day, you know, what do you do? Just say, oh, no, I won't do it then. You know, if you're prepared yourself with good stuff and tough stuff, um, then you're going to be prepared. So let's, let's talk through some of the struggles. Um, obviously, you've done some crazy stuff, some amazing stuff. During those those periods, you will have gone through some physical and mental pain. Just talk us through some of some of the really low points where you thought, "I can't get through this," or you know, your head's gone at some point. It, you know, is there some of them them um, moments that you've just you've just really struggled? Um, there was one particularly in in the boxing. Um, that was a 10 hours non-stop or it was 150 rounds of, of, of boxing that was combined, uh, in the ring boxing or sparring, basically, uh, three minutes on one minute rest. Um, I did a hundred 
uh, ring rounds and then the, the other 50 was combined with bag work or, or pads. Um, and also, actually, I did um, a burpee at the end of every round. <laughs> always, almost forgot that. Um, but I remember, um, you know, the corner men changed. Obviously, for 10 hours, there was quite a few changes. There was a whole um, uh, gym that was out um, on, on a training camp. So they, they were massive help because they were doing, you know, swapping rounds. Quite a few volunteers, which I must say thank you to you all. Uh, anybody listening today, um, including my wife and anybody that's that, that's just to get that in um, uh, before I get shot. Um, <laughs> anybody that's helped me out on on all of these challenges, it is always a team uh, team effort. Um, so I, I I thank you for that as well. Um, getting back to the boxing, yeah, I remember sort of saying, oh, uh, how are we doing? Where you know what what round are we on? And um, I can't remember which corner man it was, but he said that we were on 70. And I felt dead by then. I mean, that was 70. I was, you know, just on bordering halfway, you know. And uh, I thought, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I'm only halfway, you know, or less than. Um, so, yeah, that was time to dig deep. And thankfully, thankfully, again, coming back to what, I was, what we were both saying about uh, carrying on on those bad days, um, I found my second wind. Um, probably found the third and the fourth during, you know, during the rest of the next seventy-five. But um, yeah, you 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 get on with it. You have to. You it's all in the mind, and you have to just switch on um, and, and crack on with it again. But that has comes easier with the experience of pushing yourself through various things and like you say going out on a rainy day uh carrying on with your with your run no matter how hard it feels and you're not feeling your best um get it done because it will it will pay you dividends one day later you know or days to come uh, this is something i've been thinking about quite a bit when you have a sporting background from a young age that kind of attitude comes a bit easier to you, doesn't it? So, like you mentioned, Kevin Sinfield and Rob Burrow, I, I used to play rugby league. So, and especially a team sport, if you if you do make a mistake, you put your hand up, you admit to it, you say sorry, and you crack on. And obviously, you've then got a team around you that you don't want to let down. And later in life, I think that just helps everyone massively, whether it's in work, um, you know, in my job at the moment, being self-employed, there's days where I don't want to do particular things. Like I may not want to do a social media post. I may not want to do a podcast, but I know these things are going to move me and my business forwards. Uh, I'm potentially going to let people down like clients if I don't do a particular thing. And that's all come from, having that team environment and a sport environment from a young age. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I always reflect. Um, I think the biggest influence for me was, was the boxing. Um, and again, funny enough, you were saying about if you made a mistake, I remember being on the rugby pitch and, and my, uh, my two sons, I was lucky enough to play on the same pitch with both my sons uh, a couple of games 
Um, and now they were, I wasn't the best rugby player by any means, uh, um, whereas my sons were, were particularly talented. They both played for Spain and represented their, their country of birth. Um, and my, my oldest son looked across at me. I've just made a howler. I probably missed the ball with butterfingers that I had. Um, and he just looked at me and said, that's it. Forget it. Move on. Forget it. Don't let it. Because as long as you hold it there, you're going to make another mistake, followed by another. So if, he didn't give you, you a load you, of abuse then? Uh, well, it probably came later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on the pitch at that moment, he just said, yep, forget it, move on. Yeah. Oh, good man, good man. <laughs> so what about funny stories? Um, there must be, through all the pain, through all the misery, through all the, the randomness of it all, there must be a few things that happen where you look back and you think, well, you either laugh or can't believe it actually happened. Um, there's probably absolutely loads. Um, some of them is just perhaps the pain you've inflicted on to uh, volunteers that have come with us. Um, most recently, uh, when we did the Magnificent Seven, so that was the seven half Ironman uh, for seven days, um, we invited as many people to come swim, bike or run with us just for 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 motivation, uh, just to change the uh, the conversation, uh, so we weren't having to put up. This was myself and Jansen having to put up with each other, constantly moaning. Um, so that was a great help. And um, we had a particular. Um, I won't name names. I'll just call him the Viking, and he'll know. Um, he'll know who he is. Um, but he came uh, for part part of the cycle. So that's a 90 kilometer uh, bike route. And uh, I think he was probably involved in about 40 kilometers of it, which is probably more than he's done in a long time, but it, it killed him. It, um, yeah, yeah, he was done, absolutely done. So we, uh, we had quite a laugh about that. Um, different things, um, less funny, um, is the chicken soup story of um, a guy, hopefully you won't mind me mentioning his name, Steve Tusselton, um, lives up the, up the coast. Uh, he came with us on the big challenge and we were, we'd already ridden from Marbella to Granada. So that's 200 kilometers. And we had 25 more to do straight up to the ski village. Um, so 25 of um, constant climbing. We stopped just before the climb where he turned green, was sick, um, and then turned around to us all and said, I've got to go. And what he meant by that was, if I don't go now, I won't be going. You know, it's not going to happen. And he charged up. 25 kilometers up this hill um i was doing my best to stay with him and he was being sick and reaching and being sick until there was no more for 25 kilometers all the way my younger son and his girlfriend who is now his, his wife tanya um they were uh, they were doing water sort of feed stations they rotate so they would just race ahead in the car 
so, so we had constantly uh, fresh water to drink and change, and he'd dump it over our heads as we were as we were riding slowly up the hill. Um, and this guy was just. It was incredible to see the discomfort he obviously it was in, and I couldn't stay with him until we just got to the, the the village itself, which was our sort of end point. And um, he he pretty much collapsed. I begged him to keep drinking, have something to eat, and of course you don't feel like it. You know that's what you do need, um, and. Uh, um sorry i'm stumbling now uh yeah anyway long story short my uh daughter-in-law uh told a bit of a, a story to one of the restaurants got them to make a chicken soup with all the stock all the goodness and told and was telling these guys what what was going on um and he had that in his hotel room before he was due to do the run the next morning and he was the first one up in the hotel foyer, ready, uh, ready to go. Um, and basically, that chicken soup saved him. Uh, he, that was a man. It was just a man down, completely done. So, what was his name? Sorry, Steve Twistleton. So, when you see Steve, and when you see the Viking um, since these incidents, <laughs> what are their thoughts and feelings about it all? Um, the Viking. Yeah, he, he, he openly admits that he was done on that day, you know, um, uh, that it was the toughest thing he'd done. And, and, and let's be fair, you know, uh, I, I ride regularly and, and he hadn't. He'd done a bit of riding on and off, but certainly not on a regular basis to suddenly to take on some big hills um, and, and not realise the difficulty um, it, 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 it told. He was riddled with cramp. Uh, he couldn't yeah he couldn't believe it and as far as steve well we're going back a few years um so it's just a it's just a fond memory and it blows me away i always reflect on it if ever thankfully i've never been i've never been quite so dunce quite so low and quite so in 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 that uh in that state uh, hopefully touch wood it never happens um but it's certainly inspiring as to how you can get yourself across that finish line. You know, that was quite, uh, quite, quite inspiring. Have they joined you on challenges since, or do they turn their phone off when you ring now? Um, well, it was actually, it was Steve and um, Jansen. Um, and Jansen has pretty much done everything with me. Had one, so we lost Chris for a, a short minute there, but um, he's back. So just one, I think one final question, unless we go off on another tangent. Which was your hardest challenge? Which which did you really struggle with? Because, I mean, there may be some obvious ones when we read that out, but your, your hardest challenge may have been potentially what on paper is the easiest. Um, yeah, I've... I've sort of always thought about that. Whatever the the last challenge you're you're doing, i.e., being the uh, twenty four hour, I was wondering during that process. I was thinking, is this the toughest? 
Um, they're all tough in different ways. And of course, once you've done them, they become less tough. They become, well, you've done it, you know, and you've got this fantastic feeling that also stays with you for the rest of your life, um, which leads you or leads me and, and, and Jansen um, and others that have followed me. That's what leads you to the next challenge, you know, because you're looking for, for more. Um, I suppose on, what, that's... What is the next challenge then? Um, I'd, I'd have to kill you if I tell you. Right, okay. <laughs> right. It's, it's um, yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't actually got one in the... Um, I've got an, a, an event, um, but not actually a, a, a big challenge set. There will be one coming up, you know, um, but I haven't, yeah, I'm having a sort of a bit of a break. Um, so we, we'll, there will be one. But I don't like to actually announce anything until I know it's 100%. And even, even when we did the Magnificent Seven, my wife only got to hear about that the same time as everybody else. Um, oh, actually, I'll tell you a funny story, a bit of a, a, just a bit of a spooky one. I'm not into star signs and all that sort of stuff. But the Magnificent Seven being the seven of Marbella half Ironmans, which we did for seven days. While I contemplated, um, should I or shouldn't I, uh, should I do this challenge? And this was just purely myself analyzing, well, it's a, it's a complete week of not working. It's a complete week of, you know, me doing this. And at that time, uh, nobody else was joining me. Um, so it was, quite, it was going to be quite a lonesome thing. Um, and I just, I kept on just weighing it up and never really making the decision. So basically there was, um, there was the, uh, a local race, Mihas, uh, were doing a half marathon on the 28th of Feb. And I thought, right, so before we go into March, the decision's got to be made. You know, that, that's it. Has yes or no, whether it's going ahead or not. So I went to pick up my race number from it was a particular place on, along the coast i go to pick it up my race number seven 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 <laughs> so i thought well there's, there's the writing on the wall so um yeah so off, off we went and did it but you've mentioned your wife a few times what what does she think about all this um yeah <laughs> yeah Probably, definitely slightly mad. Most people do or make those sort of comments. Um, she knows how, or now she knows how, it, it, a lot of it is all up here in, in the head, you know, uh, to actually get through um, the, the physical challenge of it all. Although we say physical, it, it's mind over matter. It really is. And endurance and endurance sports teaches you that. Um, so for as as stupid as she may think you are, she's obviously very supportive as well. Otherwise, you won't be able to do half of this, would you? Oh, no, no, absolutely. Um, credit where credit is due. And some of them she's less involved. Um, but most again, again, coming back to the seven seven. Um, she was non-stop work, 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 because 
Uh, you can imagine we were traveling down to the coast to do the swim early morning in the dark. She would be, as we would change to get on the bike, she would do a vehicle change. The vehicle change would have the subsequent run kit, the nutrition we needed. Then she'd be, uh, she'd be cooking for us uh, for when we got back. She'd be cleaning and drying the wetsuits back down to the coast. So she was nonstop, as well as organizing all the other volunteers that, were, <clears throat> that was going to join us at various points. Um, so logistically, um, yeah, she, she, it couldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened um, without her, you know. So, uh, and she didn't actually get a choice in, in, in the matter, which um, I, I shouldn't keep repeating, um, but other than being very, very grateful. Um, and and that's, that's the sort of hidden behind the scenes, isn't it? You know, I get all the glory. I get all the blisters as well. Uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, um, there was an awful lot of people that just came along. My neighbours did their first half marathon uh, they've ever run. They only started running three weeks before we did it. And they came and joined us for, for the, the half marathon one particular day. Um, another fantastic, fantastic, inspiring uh, young lady. She is over 70 and she runs a half marathon or uh, an event almost every, uh, every week. Certainly before COVID, she was running uh, every weekend. And since then, I think she's been building and building. She joined us on two occasions. Her husband joined us. Again, over 70, joined us for over 50 kilometers of cycling. These people are also very inspiring. Um, and they inspire me and they inspire others. And perhaps that's what it's, that's really what it's all about. If I can get somebody off of the sofa and to believe in themselves that they can do a little bit. They don't have to do mad stuff with fridges. They can join a, a, what do you call it? A park run in the UK or a local run. There's plenty of activities on this coast. Um, there's no excuses. We've got the weather, we've got the sea, the sunshine. Um, there's every sport you can possibly think of. So whether it's walking football, um, rugby at Marbella Rugby Club, uh, scuba diving, whatever it is, you know, um, yeah, get out there and, and get get moving, get active. It's the best medicine you can possibly get, and it's free. My final thing was going to ask you to say something inspiring for people to go away with. Um, you've just hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, so I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing what your next challenge is. Um, as soon, yeah, as I soon as I think of it, <laughs> I will let you know. But but it I, has. I will, to I will add this bit. I'm not joining you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I look forward to hearing from about. I, it. I'll tag you along somewhere, <laughs> some somehow. Could yeah. I just add one little thing? Of course. Obviously, I will be doing. I don't know what it will be next, but I will be doing something. I always like to sort of. Um, uh, raise some charity awareness or funds or both. But if anybody's got any ideas uh, or an input to that charity idea, because I'm always asking the same people. Yeah. If I go out on Facebook, I'm asking the same people that have, you know, year after year. So if, if anybody's got some brilliant ideas as to how that might um, help me out, um, all the better.
Well, what I'm going to do, obviously, I'm going to tag you in this on Facebook and Instagram. So, yeah, if you can help Chris out, drop him on a message, um, put him through lots of pain and come up <laughs> with some good um, charity options. Uh, Chris, cheers, mate. Much appreciated. Thank you very much.